Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it's time for Let's Talk About Jesus on your hometown radio station right there in Madison and North Florida. If you're listening by computer or you're listening directly from our website, we're glad you're joining us today as we gather around God's Word. I believe the Holy Spirit is is flowing toward us in such a personal and powerful way because these are the last of the last days. And I believe prophetically uh, we can bear that out biblically, not just say I saw I had a dream or God spoke to me, although I believe God can still give dreams, spiritual dreams. I believe God can speak to people in their heart and in their spirit and in their mind to even this day. But where we get the revelation that we can count on that is, is, is not just something that is subjective to an individual, but something that is absolutely ironclad is from God's Word, the Scripture. And I believe that biblically we can confidently and competently say that we are living in the last of the last days. I had a conversation with one of my dear brethren after the Sunday morning service, and we were talking about the needs of our particular congregation, not just this radio congregation that's joining us right now, but our congregation in particular. And we were, we were lamenting the fact that we are living in the last of the last days and lamenting because that day would be marked uh, with a falling away. And this falling away has occurred, and we've watched it occur coming slowly but very surely, and it seems like it's escalating uh, now more than ever. So many people that did run well are either not running at all, or even worse, some have turned back from the faith. So, friend of mine, I want you to stay tuned today, for I believe that Holy Ghost revival, God given God-driven revival is on God's agenda, and I want it to be on my agenda. It is, in fact, on my agenda today. So if you're interested in a Holy Spirit revival, if you're interested in a spiritual awakening in your own personal life, in our nation and in our world, and in our churches and in our pulpits and in every pew, I want you to stay tuned today because I introduce myself as a pastor evangelist. I have been pastor of the Holy Church of God incorporated here in Tampa, Florida, where this broadcast originates for 42 years and counting. We're working toward our 43rd year. But the evangelistic part of me is coming forth like I've never felt it in all of my life. If you're not a Christian today, that part of me and that part of the heart of God, uh, amen, the great missionary of, greatest missionary of all time with an evangelistic agenda was Jesus Christ who said, I didn't come to call the righteous to re- Repentance. I came to call the unrighteous. The, the well don't need a physician. If you're all right today and you're right with God and you're ready for the coming of Christ, you're ready to go to heaven when you draw your last breath. Amen. Jesus said, you're okay, but there's so many, so vast multitudes that are not ready for those events in their life. And God wants you to be ready today. He wants you to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that you are saved and that you are ready 
for his coming or ready to go to him, whichever occurs first. So please be our guest today if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. And if you do, uh, open your heart with us as we open the Word of God. We're discussing a subject that I had no idea when we began it. It would take us in all the directions it's taken us. But we're talking about true victory. True victory. Today I want to read as we begin from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. It simply says, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the church at Corinth, But thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. True victory always begins with and ends with God. We have something to do, but it's God given, God granted. And true revival, therefore, is God given and God driven by His Holy Spirit. It's nothing that we can conjure up. It's no program that we can put into place that's going to bring the move of God that is going to touch so many hearts and so many lives. And I believe that it is time, that it is, we, in fact, we're way beyond God's timing. And we, but we in our own earthly understanding can look around ourselves and we can perceive and see the need for a spiritual awakening in America and in the nations of the world. And many nations, make no mistake about it, as I'm speaking to you right now, many nations of the world are experiencing spiritual renewal and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is un precedented. And one of those nations is South America. Down through the years, Billy Graham years ago in a, in a World uh, Congress on Evangelism held in Holland made the statement uh, that, that the mighty revival, the mighty revival in South America is, it, we're seeing an unprecedented move of God. Churches that begin with 50 within a couple of years are running 5,000 with people coming to know Jesus as their Lord and their personal Savior. This is an incredible thing that is occurring. It is said by those who have reported on the revival in China atheistic Marxism, communism, an atheistic nation. There is a church of the people that is government approved. However, I couldn't talk about the rapture, the coming of Christ in that church because it would turn the people, give the people a hope beyond the government. It would give them something to look to rather than what the government can provide them, and they want to control them by keeping them dependent on the government. So uh, the church in China, by and large, has become an underground church and is being heavily persecuted. But in spite of the persecution, because of the mighty moving of God to visit that nation and revive, ascend revival to those who will receive it, uh, it is estimated that 20 thousand people 
per day in China are coming to know Christ as their Savior. This is an incredible move of God. Some years ago on Moody Radio, Dr. Wong from Hong Kong, he's the director of, of, of missions in Asia. He said there's a mighty revival occurring in South Vietnam, in spite of the communist government that is now in place there and the atheism that is is part of that, there's a mighty move of God. And so many people are coming to know Jesus because God is granting that victorious revival in South Vietnam. And nations all over the world are being visited by the Holy Spirit. And I believe that America is the next great candidate for a God-given victory in the area of an outpouring of God's Spirit and a true revival. So if you're interested in that, hang on today. That's what we're going to talk about. We've been talking about in this series that that true victory and therefore true revival is going to come only one way, and it's total dependence and humble obedience. Total dependence and humble obedience. Obedience. It is not the faith message that many are declaring today that that talks about uh, uh, depending on our faith instead of our faithfulness. More of a focus on a power within us than a person who is with us. More about the force of faith than the Father who loves us. And I believe it's time to get our focus on the God, because the God who can only truly grant revival, and the Christ who said, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I'll go with you. And it is that Father God and this Jesus Christ that is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. And the, and the focus of, of our true dependence today. Paul said not that we are sufficient as of anything as of ourself, but our sufficiency is of God. And, and when miracles occurred through these mighty apostles and men and women of faith in the, in the new covenant, they said, why look upon us? Peter said, why look upon us? That by our power, or our might, or our holiness, this man stands before you whole. He said, when they were quizzed, by what authority did you heal this lame man? By what authority did this miracle occur? He said, well, number one, don't think for one minute that it was something innate to us, intrinsic to us. This is something that God did in the the authority of the name of His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And they answered the question this way. (laughs) When asked by what authority, He said, You remember the man that you put on the tree? The man that you had killed on the cross? Who, Who God has raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Again, it is God. It is always God. Hallelujah. Not us. It's Him. And it's God. And it's Christ. Through this, through faith in His name, this man that you put on the tree, through faith 
in his name, this man has his perfect soundness before you all. They were not identifying themselves as faith healers, even though the man, the lame man was healed when the prayer of faith was prayed over him. They gave the glory and turned the focus from themselves to God because Jesus is the author and he is the finisher of our faith. So this total dependence and humble obedience keeps showing up. It just keeps showing up. And wherever we find total dependence on God and humble obedience to God, a revival of righteousness, hallelujah, we're going to find true victory. And true victory is something the devil cannot withstand. He cannot distort it. He cannot stop it because he had nothing to do with starting it. Hallelujah. It is God-given and it is God-driven. So thanks. Be unto God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. I want to read to you uh, something from a revival of righteousness from Men for the Nations. And it is an account of the 1905 Welsh revival. Undeniable, mighty move of God. Listen to to this uh, short, brief description of what brought true victory and a true revival to Wales. It says, and I quote, in, It was in 1904, all Wales was aflame. The nation had drifted far from God. Spiritual conditions were low indeed. Church attendance was poor, and sin abounded on every side. Suddenly, like an unexpected tornado, the Spirit of God swept over the land. The churches were filled to capacity. The meetings ran day and night. Prayer, testimony, and singing would sweep over the congregation in torrents, and hundreds of souls would surrender to God. Indescribable scenes took place. Nothing had ever come to Wales with such far-reaching results. Everywhere the Spirit of the Lord was felt, in the street, in the stores, and in the trains. Infidels were converted, drunkards, thieves, and gamblers were saved, and thousands were reclaimed to respectability. Confessions of awful sins were heard on every side, old debts were paid, theaters and saloons closed for lack of patronage, police courts were idle. Can you imagine the impact on our culture and here in America if a God-given, God-driven revival occurred. And it began with people just like you and just like me. In five weeks, it goes on to say, 20,000 conversions were recorded. Another writer states that within 90 days, there were 150,000 conversions. The Welsh Revival was a divine visitation in which God said, and I'm quoting, See what I can do without the things you're depending on. See what I can do with the simplest who are ready to fall in line and depend wholly on me. What I can do in answer to a praying people. You see, when we lean on programs 
good programs with the best of intentions instead of prayer unto a God who says that things that are impossible with men are possible with me. There is a subtle but sure shift from trusting God to trusting our own ingenuity, intelligence, and ability. It's kind of like David who went down to really bring bread and cheese to his his brothers who were in Saul's army, in part of Saul's uh, conscripted army. (laughs) They were part of that great army that was shaking in fear because the Philistine army and their champion was facing them down. And David came down and he saw the circumstance and he saw the situation. And he was chided by his brother when he got there. He only came to bring bread and cheese. He didn't intend to confront the giant uh, Philistine on that day. And he was told, I know the naughtiness of your heart. Why have you left the sheep? Why did you come down here and involve yourself in this? You should be out on the edge of the field, the least of the uh, sons of Jesse, this, this one left behind to do the dirty work while the men went to do the great things. A friend of mine, David, answered this way, Is there not a cause. And the second attempt of the enemy to undermine what God was wanting to do through this humble shepherd boy, amen, uh, came when they said, listen, you don't know what you're, you're talking about. Have you seen the size of this man? Have you seen how, how great the, the, the situation is here? Do you understand the gravity? Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I can do something about this. No, you can't. Go back and keep the sheep. You're full of pride for even thinking that you, as a humble shepherd boy, the least of the sons of Jesse, had any power or might to do anything about what we are facing. Well, was there anybody in Saul's army that trusted God enough to believe that this giant could fall? To them, the giant was too big to hit. To David, through faith in God, hallelujah, the giant was too big to miss. And when they talked about how big he was and how no one was capable of facing him uh, in the behalf of Israel, David responded this way when they said, Have you seen the size of this man? You see, David was anointed to be the next king. David was secretly anointed, but he was serving with a servant heart. Humble obedience was all about David's life. And that's what made him a man after God's own heart. These two elements were in the life of David. Total dependence and humble obedience. And you can see the humility of David. He didn't come down to make a name for himself. He didn't come down to face a giant. The scripture said he came down to bring bread and cheese to his brothers who were serving in Saul's army, in Israel's army, friend of mine. But when he got there, he saw a need, and he believed that their God, their covenant God, was big enough (laughs) to give a victory to Israel. And he said, I have slain the lion and the bear. Now, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? 
who is this uncircumcised Philistine <laughs> who defies the armies of the living God? And Saul picked up something about this young man, that God was with him, that his faith wasn't in himself or in his faith, but his faith was in his God. And he had proved, his God had proved himself to him, because after he was anointed, secretly a lion came out to hurt and take a sheep for a prey and David went out and killed him a bear came and the spirit of God came on David and and God killed and through David God killed the bear but David was the one that he used and David knew this this that happened came from God God's spirit is with us and and the, and God is the one who will give us the victory and he Saul said you can be our champion you can be our champion. There was a time when Saul walked with God in humble obedience. There was a time when Saul wholly depended on the Lord. And there was a time when Saul was unstoppable when he led the armies of Israel. And he saw these characteristics in David and he knew God was with him. But he offered his army to David and David began to put on Saul's armor. And he actually had it almost complete. And then he realized this is not total dependence. Part of me is depending on the armor of the king instead of faith in my God. And he took it off. And he laid it down. And he picked up what he knew best. And that was his humble weapon a sling. He picked up five smooth stones. Amen. And he went out in the name of the Lord God of Israel to face the giant Philistine. And the Philistine began to try to get him through fear to back off and intimidation. I asked for a man. You send me a boy. And you know the rest of the story. <laughs> David said, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. Hallelujah. And then he did something that only can be coming from someone who is wholly dependent on the Lord and humbly obedient. He ran toward the giant to engage him in battle. And he took the sling in the name of who? In the name of Saul? In the name of Israel? Uh, is, is it national patriotism? No, it was, it was a spiritual commitment to glorify the God of Israel and to defend the covenant people. Hallelujah. And God was with him. And you know the scripture said it makes no difference to God to save by many or by few. If this one young man will claim my covenant and wholly depend on me and be humbly obedient to me, I'll use one person to get and gain this victory in behalf of my covenant people. When he slung that stone, it, it hit the giant right in his forehead and down he went. He didn't fall backwards from the 
the force of the stone, he fell forward. David took the giant's sword and he slayed him with it, finished him off with it. There was no fight left in him. And when the armies of the Philistines saw that a shepherd boy had killed their mighty champion, they shook and quaked. A spirit of fear came on them, not the normal fear of seeing this phenomenal thing happen. I believe it was a supernatural shaking and quaking along with it. And they knew we're not just fighting an army of flesh and blood. We have come up against a spiritual force here. That young boy is not that good at martial arts. That young boy can't sling a stone that true or that hard enough to kill our champion. They knew we're up against an unseen force, but a force that is very viable, though it's not visible, very real, though we can't see it, we sense it, and we are no match for an invisible force that is more powerful than the greatest warrior we can put forth on the battlefield. You know, there's something to this story we need to grasp today. The Bible said the weapons, though we war, though we are in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, you see, are not carnal, we are told in the New Covenant, but they are mighty through God. God is always the source. Jesus is always the focus. His name, His authority still holds power in the 21st century. Hallelujah. And God, I believe, wants to raise up warriors, prayer warriors, and, and witnesses unto His His power and His grace, His mercy, His love in this generation. People, friend, just like you, and just like me, humble, dependent, humbly obedient, and totally dependent on God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We are not arguing against flesh and blood. We are not preaching just to the intellect, but beyond that, to reach the heart. Praise God. That heart, because the mind has been blinded by our enemy. But God is able to open the eyes of the spiritually blinded today. Praise God. I want to make this statement. Time is fleeting. True revival is a spirit originated and spirit generated. The mighty Holy Spirit unleashed to accomplish God's holy purpose. True revival is not the result of a mighty anointing on one man or one woman. It is by God's Spirit. It is God-driven. It is God-given today. If you are feeling a drawing to God today to repent of your sin and come to Christ, it's because the Holy Spirit is drawing you. And it's because somebody... Somewhere, someone you know or someone you have me never met. But somebody, somewhere is praying, praying for you, interceding that you might know Jesus Christ as your Savior. 
and it's unleashing the Holy Spirit who has come to draw you to Jesus Christ today. I could, I could, I could try to convince you. I could tell you all the blessings of heaven and all the horrors of hell. But the scripture is very, very clear. No man comes to me, Jesus said, except my Father draw him. And if you're feeling that drawing right now, we have prayed that you would feel that drawing. We're praying that the Holy Spirit will visit you. We're praying that you will respond when He does. And that you will open the door of your heart and your life. And you will repent of your sin and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your personal Savior. Right where you are right now, I'm expecting a mighty God-given, Holy Spirit-driven revival here in America. And it begins with people like me and you, if you're a Christian, praying for people that God wants to save and sent His Son to deliver and set free. Today, today, if you don't know Him, accept Him, receive Him, repent and be pardoned. Hallelujah. Let your name be written in the Lamb's book of life. And don't fear the tribulation and don't fear the time to come. You'll be fully prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ. And you'll be kept by the power of God (laughs) unto the day of salvation. If you're a Christian today, I believe God is moving on your heart too. I believe there is a stirring in the hearts of all those who name the name of Christ and are authentic believers. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking. And I believe what I've said today is resonating in your heart and you're ready to stand up and be counted as someone who is totally dependent and humbly obedient. And God is going to take that person and make them a warrior for His kingdom. Well, our time is gone. Would you come back next week? Let us talk about Jesus.